Thank you, worship team. Oh, that's good stuff. Good to worship our Lord. We're glad you're here. Brave the elements. Way to go. Um, we knew it was going to snow, so we just turned the service back till 10. So we were all over it. Um, but we're glad you're here. Delighted um, to be able to come to worship and delighted to hear our speaker, Larry Johnson, as he comes up. I would like to just to, uh, tell you a little bit about Larry. Larry works at Camp Shamanau. He's been up there for 20 years or so. And he wears a lot, and I say a lot, of different hats. I mean, he serves in many capacities. He's ordained with the Evangelical Free Church of America. Uh, he's, he, what do you say, marry people, and he's baptized people, and he oversees properties and ministers to the staff, and then comes on Sunday mornings uh, to minister to churches. And I, the list seems like it could go on as we talk. I got tired hearing all the things he did. Uh, and, so, and so I admire all the... I, I admire all that. And so uh, Camp Shamanau is dear to the heart of Elam Mission. We sent a lot of children there. Uh, our men's retreat was just held there recently. Um, we know many of adults have taken advantage of adult ministry opportunities up there as well. And so we just wanted an opportunity for the Elam body to hear the heart of Shamanau in a ministry we believe so deeply in. And so we're delighted to have Larry here and, and uh, his cohorts. And so I'll let him introduce them. But um, let's uh, give a welcome to Larry Johnson. Thank you, Pastor. I was, wasn't sure that was a, a good one after you got tired of hearing me talk so much. So <clears throat> you're stuck with me the rest of the morning. Sorry. We have a video we want to show. And if we can play that, that would be fantastic. right now. Yes, as we came down this morning, uh, I did pray. I said, God, just give us safety as we come. Uh, they hadn't plowed any of our roads yet up there. Uh, we only had about five or six inches, so that wasn't a big issue to come down through them, but 
I wasn't sure what it'd be like down here. Snow packed. Yeah, been there, done that, do that. So we made it. So if you have friends that said I couldn't make it this morning because of the snow, you tell them, well, I know a guy who drove like two hours plus and made it. I got some staff with me. Uh, Rose is here and Dayton is here. And uh, they'll be at the uh, table afterwards. You can talk to them. And then my wife, I brought her with me just for moral support. She's my best critic and tells me if I did okay or not well. So hopefully I do well this morning. Camp is a neat place. Camp has given, or God has given us so many things at camp. Uh, we have just, we have horses, if you like horses. You can come and ride horses. If you don't like horses, you don't have to ride horses. We have a high ropes course. We have a low ropes course. We have a, a beach we have a mile of lakefront. We just purchased 678 acres of property that God has blessed us with. What is really cool about that was that was a $1.3 million uh, commitment. And with gifts and stuff, we think we'll have it paid off maybe by the end of this year. We're right around uh, three hundred dollars or $310,000, I think, left on this loan. I'm going, ah, what happened? We were planning on 10 years, and God has just been blessing. We're in the process right now. Uh, we don't have enough beds. Um, we have more people than we have places to put them. And so uh, uh, right now we're building uh, two new cabins, like, yeah, middle of winter. What a great time to start them. Uh, walls are up, and the sheeting is on one of them. The second one, they're hoping to have that all done. Electric rough in will be uh, done hopefully by the end of this week. So we'll have one that will be hopefully inspected. And they're already booked for Memorial Day family camp, so we have to get them going. Um, so God is doing some fun things. And, and, and camp is, is a neat place because all of life happens at camp. And I, I've had the privilege of, as Pastor was saying, I, I've done a number of baptisms of staff at camp. I've done a number of camp staff weddings. Not that that's why you send your kids to camp, but God has bless that and it's been just a real privilege for me to be able to do that um i've seen god do some cool things we have over 300 uh staff past staff that are now full-time ministry and some of these staff now are coming and speaking at camp so i'm feeling feeling really really old in that process because i am old but why does camp exist for one reason everything that we have Everything that we, we get to share is there for one reason. That's to open the door and to clear the way to the cross. And that's what I want to share with you guys this morning. I mean, I enjoyed your worship. This is awesome this morning. I'm thinking, man, I don't even have to speak. We'll just sing a few more songs and just go, ah, just fill. I love the songs this morning. What a great way to begin. What a friend we have in Jesus. And you guys just wailed on that one. That was so fun. What a great beginning this morning. After a little bit of white knuckling on the way in, I'm going, what a friend I have in Jesus. Is either I'm going to make it here this morning or meet him in the air? Maybe not in the air. You know, I, okay, I'm, I'm digressing really quickly here, okay? And, you know, I have a little HDAD at times, and I'm going, you know, Elijah, when Elisha was following Elijah, and, and Elijah uh, was taken up into heaven, he was taken up with, with a chariot of fires and a whirlwind into heaven. I'm going, how sweet would that be? God's not going to take me up like that. I'll probably run into a tree and my truck will go. Poof. Yeah. I brought something else in mind. Okay, sorry. Okay. Um, I, I went driving to Walker 
Am I holding this close enough? Because all of a sudden I got bought louder. Is that better? Thank you. Okay, I was, I was on my way to Walker, Minnesota, and, and uh, it was like 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'm driving up there like I was driving down here this morning, and I uh, had my wife with me, and, and we're driving, and all of a sudden, there was this and these deer parts just flew all around my truck. I'm going, that was cool. It just was like the slow motion. I'm going, oh, my goodness. So I, I'm watching the radiator going, I want to make sure that my, my truck didn't die. And uh, uh, so I, I get up to the church, and I do the, our promotion there, and I spoke, and I came out after church. And I had parked in the front of the church, and I came out after church, and I looked at my truck. I'm going, oh. My fog lights are dangling underneath. There's frozen hair and blood and deer parts frozen to the front of my truck. My grill is knocked out. I'm going, I should have parked in the back. <laughs> I apologized to the pastor. I said, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> I hit a deer. He said, yeah, you told us in church. I said, yeah, well, that's I just share my life. That's where I'm at. I didn't hit a deer this morning, which I was very, very thankful. Didn't even see a deer this morning, which I was very thankful for. Don't hit a deer. I've hit a few. I was really disappointed this year. Any of you hunters? Thank you. Okay. If you are, yeah, I went deer hunting this year, bow hunted this year, rifle hunted this year, nothing. I bought a new used truck this fall, hit a deer. I was so excited. I didn't, I didn't hurt my truck. I'm, this deer's laying in the road, and, and I'm going, sweet, I'll call the sheriff, and I'll you know, ask him if I can just take the deer. And, and so uh, the guy pulls up next to me, and, and uh, we pull the deer off the road, and I notice the deer's not quite dead yet, and I'm going, okay, I, I, I will dispatch of this deer, and, and then I'll, I'll, have a, I'll get my deer this year. And as I'm on the phone with the sheriff, another car drives by, the deer goes, his head pops up, and the deer takes off and runs away. I was so disappointed. I called my maintenance guy and said, Kyle, you're not going to believe this. I can't even hunt with my truck and get a deer. I said, next time I hit a deer, I'm going to back over it several times to make sure I can bring it home. Yeah, that's my life. Welcome to it. God has blessed us at camp. And hopefully, as I share with you this morning, you'll see my passion and my heart and camp's heart for camp. And what God is doing. I want to share with you this morning a passage of scripture out of Hebrews chapter 12. And it reads like this. It says, therefore, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What's happening in this passage of Scripture here is, is there's a great cloud of witnesses. Now, who are these cloud of witnesses? I mean, when you read in the Bible, it talks about the guys in the Old Testament, like Moses. You ever heard of Moses? Yeah. And, and he took the people to, out of Egypt. I mean, and he was trusting in God. And he obeyed God, and he relied on God. Now, they came to the Red Sea, and he parted the Red Sea. Now, he didn't, but God did. You know, ever argued with the TV? Oh, I have. There was a man on the TV that said, well, you know, when the Israelites came to the Red Sea, it really wasn't the Red Sea. It was the Reed Sea, and the Reed Sea is only like 12 inches deep. And it's very common for the winds to come and, and blow the, the Reed Sea open. And it's not a miracle that they crossed it. 
And then the man kept going on and going, wait a minute, wait a minute, time out, come out, come out. And the TVs don't answer you, you know, they don't. But I'm going, you didn't read the rest of the story. This is a bigger miracle than you can imagine because the whole Egyptian army then drowned in 12 inches of water. Men, let's go chase the Israelites, but keep your faces down. <laughs> going, this is bizarre. I mean, these were men of faith, and this is the cloud of witnesses. These are men that trusted God. Gideon's stupid battle plan that God gave him. Here, I want, want you to give a, 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 take this torch and give it to one, each of your guys and, 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 and take this, this, this clay pot to put over the torch and, and then uh, um, I give them all a trumpet. Now, now go into battle. That's kind of stupid. What am I going to do? Take the torch. I'll burn one. I'll blow in their ear and I'll hit them with the pot. You know, going, no. Dumb battle plan. But God did an incredible thing. I mean, these are the men of faith. These are the cloud of witnesses because they're saying you need to trust God. My life verse is on your sound booth back there. If you don't know it, read it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust God. Obey him and rely on him. The second part of the passage I just read is this. It says, there's a race set out for you. That's your life. I can't run your race. You can't run my race. But God has given us that race, that life to live. So live it. And then he gives us some instructions. He says, here, the third thing he says, keep your eyes on Jesus. I love the second to the last song that says, focus your eyes on Jesus. Because when we start focusing on other people and other races, you've watched those YouTube videos of that's, you know, people that don't look to the finish line and they think they've won. Oh, I've won, I've won. And then someone passes them up. Go, yeah, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And focus on our race. Look in our lane. Well, you know, uh, God, I'm not as tall as anyone else, you know. And hey, pastor has more hair than me, you know. I don't know. I just, you know, how come he's so good looking and I'm not? And I mean, you know, uh, there's what we start getting in trouble. But God has given your pastor a race to run and given me a race to run. I got to run it short, fat, and bald. I mean, that's the race I'm running. I'm working on some of that. No, I'm not going to get a hair transplant, okay? I mean, you and I, we're right there, aren't we, bud? It's just, I love, though I'm wearing more hats now, summer and winter, just because it's colder in the winter and really hurts in the summer when you burn the top of the head. But I'm going, God has given us that race to run. I want to jump to 1 Samuel chapter 17, a very familiar passage of Scripture. And I just want to hopefully illustrate this for you. The Philistines <clears throat> are gathered on one side of the valley. And they're fighting the Israelites. And they're getting, they're, they've gathered up. And the, the Bible says that they gathered up and they're starting to do their battle cries. I don't know what that sounded like. Like, no, give me an I, give me an S, we're the Israelites. You know, I don't know what their battle cry was. And the Philistines are on the other side. And they're, they're, they're just yelling at each other. And all of a sudden, out of the crowd of the Philistines comes this man. He's huge. He's over nine feet tall. And this is what he says. He yells, hey, aren't we here to battle? Aren't we here to fight? You're with Saul. Send someone out to fight me. And if he beats me, we'll be your servants. <laughs> but if I beat him, 
you'll be our servants. I defy you. Basically, he said, I, I, I curse your gods. They're nothing. Because I'm Goliath. Send someone to fight me. The Bible says he was doing this for 40 days. Now, what did the Israelites do? The Israelites are going, oh, my goodness, he's ginormous. He's huge. He's, we, we can't beat him. Well, the Bible says Goliath, his, his armor, just his chest armor, weighed 125 pounds. His spear, the head of his spear weighed 16 pounds. That's like putting a bowling ball on the end of your closet rod. I'm going, this is what he, he was trained to fight. He was just a big guy. And the Israelites are going, he's, he's huge. But we, we, we can't fight him. Saul's going, I can't fight him. I need someone to fight him. Uh, would you go fight him? Uh, no, no. Would you? No. Would you? Uh, no. Uh, would you? No, I don't think so. Would you? No. Thanks for asking, though. You know, would you? No. Nobody would. He, he finally said, hey, I got a deal for you. Um, uh, you can marry my daughter, and, and, and uh, I'll give you a lot of money, and then uh, um, uh, your family won't have to pay taxes. How's that sound? And, and nobody, nobody would go fight Goliath for 40 days Goliath gave this challenge. This young man, his older brothers are fighting with Saul. Young man's name is David. You know his older brothers, right? Eliab, Abinadab, and Shema. Yeah? You don't know them? Yeah, read about them. No, that's the only time I think you ever heard their names. Don't name your kids that. You didn't name your little one that, did you? Thank you. What's his name? Sawyer. Okay, yeah, that's better than Abinadab. Uh, this is my baby, Abinadab. Yeah, yeah, so here's much better. Thank you. Um, but Jesse comes, Jesse is David's dad. Jesse comes to David and says, David, um, I want you to go check on your brothers. They're fighting with King Saul. He says, uh, David, I, I've got this, these, these 10 cheesecakes. Well, actually, they're not cheesecakes. They're cakes of cheese. And, and I want you to take them to your brothers. And, and I got these loaves of bread. Your mom makes this really good bread. Um, uh, here, take this as well. And then um, uh, I got this roasted grain. I don't know what they want to do with it, but it's, it's pretty good. You know, I roasted it myself. And, and, and take it to them and see how they're doing. Maybe you can bring something back that just says that they're doing okay. And the Bible says the next morning, David gets up and, and he goes he leaves his dad's sheep because he was watching his dad's sheep. <laughs> I'm not sure who did a substitute sheep herder thing. But someone had watched the sheep, but David had been watching them. So David goes, and he sees the battle. He sees the Israelites line up, and he sees the, the uh, 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 Philistines line up. And out from the Philistines comes this guy. an echo. That was pretty cool. Send someone to fight me. And he gives this challenge. And David's, David's giving this stuff to, to the quartermaster guy. He says, you know, I'm bringing this. My dad sent this. You know, I thought I'd bring this for you guys. And, and, and he looks. He goes, who is that? Who, who's that jerk? That's paraphrased, okay? And, and he goes, who is that? That he's, that he's cursing the God of Israel. Now, Scripture doesn't say exactly, but I think David, as he starts asking, he says, um, why isn't someone fighting him? How come you guys aren't fighting him? 
what is Saul going to give the man that, that beats Goliath? And he said, well, David, um, you can marry his daughter, and uh, you'll, you'll get a lot of money, and you don't have to pay taxes. David says, well, how come you're not fighting him? Why don't you go fight him? And I think David says this. I think he says, I'll fight him. I can fight him. And why I say that, you'll find out in a second here. Any of you have older brothers? Do you have older brothers, some of you? Sometimes older brothers are kind of hard on you, aren't they? Sometimes? Yeah. Because David's older brothers, uh, Eliab and Abinadab and Shema, come up to him and go, Hey, how come you're saying this stuff, David? You're just a troublemaker. Would you just knock it off? Oh, you're just here to make trouble. David goes, can I even talk to people? And he leaves and leaves his brothers. I think his brothers, see, David had been anointed king already. He wasn't king yet. He's just a kid. But Samuel, the prophet, had anointed him as king. Saul didn't know this. I think David's brothers did. I think they were a bit jealous and just ticked at David. The Bible says that after some of the people had overheard David, they took David and they brought him to the king and they said, King, you need to hear what this kid's saying. And David walks into King Saul and goes, King, don't be afraid, don't be upset, because I will go fight this Philistine. This didn't impress Saul. Saul goes, you're just a kid. You're too puny. You, you can't do this. And David said, yes, I can. You see, King, when, 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 I was, when I was watching my dad's sheep, this bear came. And he grabbed one of my dad's sheep. And I grabbed the bear by the hair. Ooh, nice hair. I grabbed the bear by the hair. And, and I killed the bear. And I saved my dad's sheep. And there was a lion that came. And the lion came and grabbed the sheep. And I grabbed the lion. And I killed the lion. And you know, God is the one that gave me the strength. And God used me to do this. And God is going to win the battle as I fight the Philistine as well. David trusted God. I think David knew some of the old stories from, from the Old Testament. I think he knew about Moses. I think he knew about Gideon. I think he knew about Joshua. Another dumb battle plan. March around the city once for six days. And on the seventh day, march around seven times and shout. And uh, you'll win the battle. That's a stupid battle plan. Read the story. But God did some incredible things. David knew these. He trusted God. He obeyed God. He said, man, let's go for it. I think it convinced Saul, Saul goes, well, okay, David, you can, but here, you need, you need to have my armor. So he put the helmet on, and he put the breastplate on, gave him his sword, and I think David's going, I can't do this. I can't fight with this because it's too big. See, the Bible says Saul was a head taller than anyone else in the army. Israelites, they say, were probably around five feet Saul probably about six feet. David probably maybe a teenager. I'm guessing not quite five feet. He's just a kid. He says, King, I can't use this. And he goes, he takes his staff, and he picks up five smooth stones, and he heads out towards Goliath. David trusted God. Obeying God, relying on God. David said, this is the race God has given me. 
says, okay, I'm keeping my eyes on you, God. Let's go for it. If I'd have been David, I had have been praying quite a bit. But he comes out, and here's Goliath standing out there giving that challenge. And David is coming out. And Goliath goes, looks at him and goes, whoa, wait, what? What do you think? I am a dog that you send a kid with a stick to fight me? Hey, kid, I'm going to rip you apart, and I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, and I'm going to just tear you apart, and there's no God on heaven, no God on earth that's going to save you from me. If I'd have been David, I might have gone, it's okay, just passing through to McDonald's, you know, I'm just I'm not really here, just pretend I'm not there, okay? But this is what David says. He says, hey, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the God of Israel, the Lord God Almighty. And he's going to hand you over to me today. And I'm going to cut your head off. Whoa. And I'm gonna, we're going to defeat the Philistines, and we're going to feed their carcasses, bodies, to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And so everyone knows that there's a God in Israel. And that God doesn't need a sword and a spear to win a battle. The battle is the Lord's. He's going to give you into our hands. This didn't impress Goliath a whole lot. I, I, I think Goliath didn't go, oh my goodness. The Bible says that Goliath was just started heading towards David. Can I have you come up? Yeah, right there. Come on up. Yeah, right there. Yeah, wake up. No, not you. The man in front of you. Come here. Come here. Okay. Um, stand, stand on the platform, would you? Okay, stand right there, okay? And uh, um, where's my youngest? Yeah, can I have you? Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay. When, when you look at this, okay, now you figure if, if David is about four feet tall and Goliath is nine feet tall, there should be about five feet difference. There's not quite that difference here, okay? But, but who's going to win? Okay, uh, who's going to win? What, what is your name? Chuck. Chuck? Yep. All Chuck has, what is your name? Titus. Titus. All Chuck has to do is fall. And Titus is just, okay? I mean, that's all he's got to do. I mean, this is not a fair fight. Okay, and I'm thinking the Israelites are going, what is Saul thinking? What's, it's, it's not a fair fight. And the Philistines are going, that's not a fair fight. They're sending the kid out. What, what's going on? It's not a fair fight. Because David had made that decision, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to rely on him. I've got my eyes on what you've got me to do, God. I'm living where you want me to live. Let's go for it. And he keeps his eyes on Jesus. Goliath is going, it's all about me. It's about me. I can take anyone. Nobody can beat me. No God, nothing, because I'm Goliath. It's not a fair fight. Thank you, guys. You can sit down. It's... That's a great illustration. You're big and you're perfect. The Bible says David comes out then. 
towards Goliath. He puts a, a rock in his slingshot. That wasn't one of those like little slingshots that we're as a kid. You go, he ping, ping. It was probably two leather straps and a, a uh, pouch on the end. Probably one was tied to his wrist, the other one he held. And he put that rock in there and he goes, is coming towards him, and he lets that rock go. Goliath's going, and it hits Goliath right in the forehead. And Goliath goes, he's a big guy. And the Bible says David goes over and takes Goliath's sword. Whoa. This is kind of gross. He cuts Goliath's head off. Must have been the creek down there. And the Bible says David goes and picks up Goliath's head by the hair and holds it up. And going, hey. What are the Philistines thinking? Our littlest, puniest kid just beat our biggest warrior. What are their men going to do to us? Panic is stricken. The Philistines run. The Israelites win an incredible battle that day. Because of one young man that said, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to rely on him. I'm going to run the race that God set for me. And I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. That's why I share that this morning. Because each of us has a race to run. Each of us has a life to live. Some of us have gone through, some of us will go through some very difficult things. And there's where I want to tell you, you need to hang on to Jesus. Get to know him. Get into his word. Read it. Put it into your heart. Because when tough time comes, then that's what's going to come out. And you go, okay, I'm running my race. God, I don't like this right now. God doesn't say you have to like it. Because you read in, in Hebrews, all of those guys, none of them got what God had promised. Going, whoa, that's kind of a bummer. That's what faith is. Because what has God promised us? That someday I get to spend eternity with him. That might start like now. If I fall over dead in front of you, which would also be kind of a bummer. Lois would have to drive the truck home. Each of us has a race to run. And then we need to keep our eyes on Jesus, not on other people's races. Because when we start comparing, that's when we've opened the door for Satan. To go, eh, you're just not quite as good. You're just not quite as strong. You're just not, you just don't measure up like this other person. Go, no, God has made you like you are. Hang on to him and go for it. 
Because David's battle was not fair. But God used him in a mighty, mighty way. How cool is that? Let me pray, and then I'm handing it over to someone else. God, we thank you for who you are, the awesome God and creator you are. And God, this morning, I just pray, if someone doesn't know you, that they meet you this morning. God, bug the living daylights out of them until they do. And Lord, those of us that are struggling, those of us that need you to come alongside even closer than you are, Lord, help us to look to you. Help us to rely on you. God, you've given us a race. Use us in a mighty way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.